Innovation can be the architect of transformation, helping to build bridges from aspiration to accomplishment. A single misstep, however, and the entire structure can come tumbling down. With that in mind, how can leaders ensure their teams feel safe to take a chance, share their out-of-the-box ideas, and weigh up the risk versus the reward when it comes to innovation? I'm Maya Jenkins. I'm an editor at RES and CGT. And in this episode, we're talking all about this tricky topic with Andy Lodato, Chief Operating Officer at The Vitamin Shop. Now, in addition to his leadership role, Andy is a published author who has brought his 20 years of experience as a CIO to create a collection of lessons learned and mistakes made in the tech industry in his book, Fostering Innovation, How to Build an Amazing IT Team. In this episode, we connect with the recent insights shared by Andy on personalization and omnichannel, delving into practical steps for creating a supportive environment and a nurturing culture built around the three pillars Vitamin Shop lives by, quality, expertise, and innovation. Stay tuned for that and more on this episode of Tech Transformation. Welcome to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News, where we dig into the innovative tech strategies and trends shaping retail and consumer goods today. I'm Maya Jenkins. I'm an editor at CGT and RIS. And in this episode, I'm talking with Andy Lodado, who is Chief Operating Officer of The Vitamin Shop. We're going to be talking about how to build a working culture where people feel empowered to innovate. So Andy, it's great to have you here with us today. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your role? Absolutely. It's great to be here. Thank you, Maya. And I'm looking forward to the conversation. So I am the chief operating officer at the vitamin shop. I've been with the company for five years and I oversee several areas, including our international business, our strategic sourcing business, as well as our customer care, our subscription, our supply chain, and of course, our technology initiatives. Fantastic. We're really uh, thrilled to have you here with us today. And as an icebreaker, we like to ask our guests, what was your first ever job? Doesn't have to be related to what you do now, just your first ever job. Yeah, well, I go way back to when I was 11 years old. I used to deliver newspapers on my bicycle, which uh, was no fun because it was in the cold <laughs> and the snow. But that was my very, very first job. Wow, you started young. Yeah, it's a classic first job, I think. Uh, mine was babysitting, so a little cozier than being out in the snow on your bike. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, Annie, in addition to being um, you know, chief operating officer at the Vitamin Shop, you're also a published author. And can you share a bit about your background and experience in the, the tech industry that inspired you to write your book, Fostering Innovation, How to Build an Amazing IT Team? Yeah, absolutely. So I spent um, 20 years as a CIO and uh, at three different companies led IT departments. And uh, I always like to say that my book's a collection of mistakes that I made, the lessons I learned, and then hopefully people can learn without making mistakes. So uh, that's kind of the summary of the book. It was uh, something I wanted to do for a while. And then when we were all in lockdown for COVID, I had some time. And so uh, that's when I completed the book. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm interested to talk more about innovation in an earlier interaction, I heard you actually describe innovation as spending the company's time, talent, and treasures on things that probably won't work. Now, this really struck me as an interesting way to frame 
innovation. Can you expand on this and touch on a little bit of how the vitamin shop specifically navigates that fine line between risk and reward when it comes to innovation? Yeah, absolutely. So at the vitamin shop, we have three pillars that we all live by in their quality, expertise, and innovation. So innovation is built into our culture. It's one of our pillars. And so we talk about how important it is to innovate. And innovation is in products. I mean, it's not just about technology. It could be about a new ingredient or a new packaging or a new form factor or a formulation of, of multiple ingredients. It could be a new process that we innovate with. In our supply chain, we have continuous improvement. And of course, technology. And so in order for people to have a culture of innovation, one of the things that you need is called psychological safety. People aren't going to be willing to take risks if they're being punished. Now, that doesn't mean that we do nonsense. Like all the risks we take are well thought out. They're sensible. And every single thing we go into, whether it's product innovation, whether it's tech innovation, we, we, we only do things that we feel really confident are going to be successful. Right? We don't waste any time or talent or exercise on things we don't, but everything doesn't work out. Right? You can talk to the customers, you can do research, you can put all your best people together. But the thing I always say is like, we all have paid a lot of money for education in our lives, ourselves, our children. And you know, something that doesn't work out is education. And as long as you're willing to learn from it and learn the lessons and apply them to the future, then nothing was wasted or lost. It's still a good investment. So really having a culture where we um, take sensible risks and uh, we learn from those endeavors, however they turn out. Some are out of the park home runs, some are okay, and then some are, are not so great. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I think the best laid plans, right? And uh, as long as we're learning from failures as much as our successes, I think it can be considered something of a win. And I, I think to err is, is human as well, right? So if we're recognizing that we're working with people, we have to recognize that mistakes will happen. If you're not pushing the boundaries, you're not trying hard enough, right? Business is right. tricky and tough. Customers are demanding. So really trying to not only uh, deliver foundational stuff, but really push the edges to see how we can best serve our customers is, is core to our business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I really love this idea of psychological safety and um, how it speaks to the, that human need we have to kind of have leaders who are empathetic um, and compassionate. And your book really emphasizes putting people before technology and um, IT leaders in particular. How, how can they effectively prioritize the human element in their teams? And how does this approach play out in the vitamin shops approach to, say, workforce management and the employee experience more generally? How can you manage or marry the balance between human and digital? And what are the benefits of taking that kind of approach? One of the nice things that we have going for us is we all have pride in the mission, right? Health and wellness is really something that we feel great about delivering. And at the vitamin shop, we call our employees health enthusiasts. And that's all of us in the corporate and the stores and the distribution centers. We're all health enthusiasts and everyone's on their own health journey. So one of the ways to get people first is that, um, we hire and um, people that care about the mission, like they care about what they're doing. And so it's not just about some kind of technical solve or process solve. It's about understanding why, who are we serving? You know, we're going to make someone's life better, make it easier to buy products, make it easier to get good quality information. It's part of the expertise pillar. And so uh, anytime we start something new, we put a team together and 
really focus, uh, Simon Sinek said it best, start with why. We really focus on the why. And I always say something I learned in eighth grade, it's the, uh, the W's, right? Who, what, where, why, when, and how. And then I added how much, because you can't do a business <laughs> initiative without understanding the budget and the payback. So anything we do, we get the team together. We really focus on what we're going to do and why we're going to do it, get people behind the mission, and then go from there. So that way, everyone on the team is fully engaged. And, and, and really, when people are engaged like that, it's not just work, right? It's about delivering on an on a exciting mission. Absolutely. Yeah, when you talk about that why, it makes me think about uh, the concept of purpose, right? And why people do what they do. Again, going back to that human element, what motivates people. Um, and thinking about leadership, uh, particularly in the context of this whole conversation, what factors should retail and CPG leaders be considering when they're trying to design organizational structures that foster innovation? Yeah, I always start everything like it's the customer, the customer, the customer. So who are you serving and what what is your customer need? And what, I always like to say, what do they know they need and what do they, they don't know they need? Like maybe we all didn't know we needed a iPhone until we got one or, <laughs> or that. So I think one of the things that I don't agree with is when people separate innovation and maybe they get a little group of people and stick them in a separate room and say, go innovate. Mm. I think organizationally, once you understand what your customer needs, just to build it as part of everybody's job, it's everyone's job to innovate. We talk about our pillars of innovation at the vitamin shop. It's in every single role in the company, Mm. you know, you're, you're inspired to innovate. And uh, so just building into the culture Making it part of everyone's job is the key. I think if you say, hey, most of us are just going to focus on the core business and the small group's going to innovate, that's not. I mean, I've seen companies do it. That's not what I would do. I would just build a culture around everybody with an obsession with serving the customer. Absolutely, yeah. I guess that also engenders this sense of buy-in as well. If people feel that they also have a role to play in these big ideas that are taking place within the company. If it's not just, like you say, a small core group who are tasked with innovating, you know, those innovative ideas can come from the most unexpected places. So it's important to, as you say, embed that culture throughout the organization. Um, So shifting gears a little bit here uh, to talk about key trends in retail and CPG, let's talk about personalization, um, obviously, which is huge getting more and more important, one could argue, in retail and in um, consumer goods, particularly for something like vitamins and wellness, which essentially are about people's health. Nailing personalization is particularly important. And um, how are you implementing personalization initiatives at the vitamin shop? And what benefits have you observed from these implementations? Yeah, I always say in this real simple way, right? If I have a dog, don't send me coupons for cat food, right? So <laughs> we don't sell uh, pet food, but it's a, I think it's a really good example. Um, for us, our customers at the vitamin shop really resemble the United States. We have young and old and men and women, people from, you know, in all different people that are very, very serious about bodybuilding and others really just trying to deal with some other health health challenges or health goals. And so when you talk about personalization, you really need to start with which customer are you sending, which message, which information. So it really starts low tech in the stores and making sure that our store health enthusiasts are educated with all the different 
options and needs for different customers. When we get into technology, um, it's an exciting time to talk about personalization because it's evolving so quickly. We're already doing, I would say that we're in the early days of personalization with grouping different messages for different groups of customers, but we're spending a lot of our energy really understanding what's emerging with AI, where we're going to get to that one-to-one personalization. So I would say we're, uh, we're doing it. When you buy something at Vitamin Shop, you're going to get an email, whether you're in store or online, and that email is going to be all about you. It'll have your loyalty and your loyalty points and where you are and how much you need to spend to get to the next coupon. So we're already doing uh, personalization, but I think it's just really going to explode to the whole next level. I mean, it's an opt-in world and and we believe in that, right? And uh, so Mm -hmm. we don't ask customers for any data that they don't want to share with us that's going to benefit them the best. So So, yeah, a lot lot happening, but a lot more uh, over the horizon for personalization. Wonderful. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, What other emerging trends do you foresee shaping the future of the industry and how are you positioning yourselves to adapt to these changes? You know, I always uh, pride myself as being an expert on omni-channel, but now we're evolving beyond omni-channel. At the Vitamin Shop, we have our website, vitaminshop.com, traditional direct-to-consumer. We have all our stores across the U.S. for Vitamin Shop and Super Supplements. We have buy online pickup in store. We have curbside pickup. We have a dropship program with an extended assortment. We have endless aisle. We just got voted, you know, tied for third of omni-channel capabilities. And so we're so excited about that. But really the next step in, in just thinking of omni as meaning many channels is to evolve this into a seamless experience where these things all work in harmony. So mm. Things like the mobile app, maybe starting your shopping experience online, but finishing in the store. So actually sharing a cart between the store and the web is coming. Um, and really, um, whether it's uh, coupons or information, all those things being available, however our customers choose to shop. We like to say that we want our customers to shop how, when, and where they prefer. And I think it's true probably for every retailer, but customers that shop multiple channels are the very best customers. They're fully engaged. And, you know, sometimes you have a need or you have an, you need, you know, some questions. So you go to the store and have a conversation, but not every time. It may be that once you get your regimen, you just put it on a subscription and that comes every single month to your home. And sometimes you just need a quick refill. So you might pop onto the website, but other times you're doing some research. So you're reading our blog, right? So we see it all these different, we went from having like everybody stores and web then we merged them together in this omni world. And now the next evolution is, and I don't know what we're going to call it. I'm sure the marketers will come up with, I've heard <laughs> harmonized, frictionless, integrated, seamless, oh, yes. but whatever that right adjective is, that's where we're heading. Great. Great. Yeah. I think um, you hit the nail on the head in terms of that understanding that there's really very few shoppers these days who exclusively shop online or exclusively shop in store, people are walking the aisles of the store with their phone in hand, checking out reviews, reading blogs, um, price comparing. And I think, yeah, it will be interesting to see what that next adjective is uh, beyond omni channel if it's seamless, blended, frictionless, harmonized. We'll see. I'm sure they'll come up with something. But um, yeah, it's a, definitely an exciting time and one that's full of urgency and opportunity. My, a lot of the, um 
stuff that we talk about is customer facing, but there's also a lot that we're doing behind the scenes to, in, to improve that customer experience. So for example, we are able to ship from store. So mm-hmm. if a product is not in stock in the warehouse, or if it's closer to the customer, we're able to do that. We have big data analytics, so we're able to do some of the personalization stuff. So as much as um, I like to talk about all the features and capabilities for the customer, there are a lot of things that are also happening behind the scenes that are still with the focus on best serving the customer. But when you think about this integrated experience, it's it's the front end and also the back end that makes it all work work really well. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that underpins delivering that convenient experience that meets customers where they are, right? Um, there was someone that told me that when a, you see a duck on a lake, it's very smooth, right? They're going across, but apparently under the water, their legs are going crazy. And that's paddling. how I think of our environment, right? There's a lot going on underneath to make that. Least, yeah. Uh, and I, I think that that comes back to like technology. If you, if you can see the cogs and you can, if you notice the technology, then you've, you've maybe done something wrong. It should be a kind of almost invisible kind of convenience that it's offering rather than like, wow, look at this amazing piece of technology. It's just like, wow, look at this amazing customer experience that I've had. Um, so yeah, That's this so is, well said. if done right, it'll, it'll blend into the scenes and it'll just, it'll just work seamlessly and quietly. Yeah. I do like that. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a question that wasn't actually on my list, but it's one that I wanted to ask you anyway. It's if you could remove one word from the industry vocabulary, a word or term that you think is outdated, not useful, um, is holding us back, what would it be? I just heard this a couple of weeks ago and it was uh, Q5, the fifth quarter. And, you know, as a math person, that just drove me crazy because, uh, you know, there's only can be four quarters in a whole. And so I don't know where that came from. I know it means the holiday season, but oh, probably that, that would strike would be the, the fifth quarter. And we can just, there's plenty of words for the holiday the, season or peak season or, you know, so all that. The fifth quarter. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Even yeah, you and I, I can I see that. <laughs> Q5, you voted off the island. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right. Well, that's my last question for you here, Andy, which is, is there anything coming down the pipeline that you'd like to share with us? Anything exciting on the horizon for the vitamin shop as we <laughs> look towards Q5? No, I'm just kidding. Um, next year. Yeah, well, look, our peak season is Q1. I mean, I always say no one goes on a diet two weeks before Christmas, that's right? That's true. So, that's uh, true. Yeah. You yeah. know, we're, uh, we get busy busier when everyone's back in the gym and, and doing their New Year's resolution. So we're really excited about that. Um, and if you indulge me for a second, I'm going to get a little bit technical. But one of the things that are really exciting in our future is we've fully committed to a composable commerce environment. So we're rebuilding vitaminshop.com with what's called composable commerce. Um, for a while, it was called headless. Another term I'd like to add to the to the bucket list, headless. You know, I think that's confusing. But composable is not. It's about having, you know, a bucket of Leg- Legos and these web services that will snap together. Because the really key killer feature that we're going to build for our customer, we don't know what it is yet. So we have all these components. We're going to be very nimble. And we're going the same way with that technology stack for our website, vitaminshop.com, as well as for our point of sale. So one of the things I always like to say is you'll never be seamless to your customer if you're not seamless on your back end. So really moving to the 
consistent technology stack and technology philosophy of web services, microservices, everything API, and shared across all of our front-end commerce channels is the path we're on. So we're very excited. We're heading that way. And uh, we'll start to see this arriving in our stores in, in the springtime. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I think that's uh, great words to end us on. Um, exciting times ahead. So thank you very much, Andy, for talking to us today about um, yeah your book and creating that all-important uh, psychological safety where people feel safe to innovate and also what the vitamin shop is up to. We look forward to seeing these projects in action in the new year. So thank you very much yes, for chatting with us today. So thank <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News. Be sure to subscribe to learn more innovative strategies and trends in the retail and consumer goods industries. And don't forget to visit consumergoods.com and risnews.com to sign up for our newsletters.